In the last two podcast episodes, we have learned what the plastic crisis is all about and how each of us can live in a more eco-friendly and sustainable way. And with a little effort, how we can change our daily routine. I would be interested to know if any of you were able to implement tips from the last podcast episode. I really appreciate your feedback on this. And I'm also looking forward to your input and ideas for upcoming episodes. If you haven't listened to the last podcast episodes yet, make sure to do so. Today we are going to focus more on theory. And with the help of an expert, we'll take a look at the most important legal acts of the EU concerning our project topic, which are intended to solve the littering problem and the plastic crisis. This means the EU circular economy package and the EU strategy for plastics. But first we will briefly deal with some basics concerning the EU Legal Act and the legislation competence of the EU so that we can better understand the insights of our expert. The European Commission website states EU policy protects the environment and seeks to minimize risks to climate, human health and biodiversity. The European Green Deal aims to make Europe the world's first climate-neutral continent in part of developing cleaner sources of energy and green technologies. On climate change, the EU formulates and implements climate policies and strategies, taking a leading role in international negotiations on climate. It is committed to ensuring the successful implementation of the Paris Agreement and implementing the EU's emissions trading system. In this regard, EU countries have agreed to meet various targets in the years to come. The EU seeks to ensure that climate concerns are taken on board in other policy areas, for example transport and energy, and also promotes low-carbon technologies and adaptation measures. The Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union is the basis for the EU environment policy. Under Article 191, combating climate change is an objective of the EU environmental policy. Sustainable development is an objective for the EU which is committed to a high level of protection and improvement of the quality of the environment. You can see this in Article 3 of the Treaty on the European Union. But how does the EU intend to achieve these goals? Above all, this aims to happen through binding legal acts such as directives and regulations. But what is the difference between these? The most general difference is that regulations are directly applicable in the member states and do not have to be transposed in the national law. Directives, on the other hand, still require transposition into national law within a defined period of time. If a member state fails to comply with this deadline for transposing directives, it breaches the treaty. The written legal sources of the EU are divided into primary law, secondary law and tertiary law, as well as other legal acts. Primary union law or also called primary law, is the law agreed between the member states in the treaties on which the European Union is based. Secondary union law, or secondary law, on the other hand, is the so-called derived union law created by institutions of the union. Formal legal acts are binding regulations, directives and decisions, as well as non-binding recommendations and declarations. If legal acts of the union institutions are based on norms of secondary law, basic legal acts, it can be spoken of tertiary union law. In addition, there is also unwritten union law, which includes, for example, common law or judicial law. 
it must be noted that agreeing on EU secondary legislation involves a certain amount of compromise. For example, some member states might take certain directives too far, others might not take them far enough, and still others might find it difficult to convert a directive into national law for financial reasons. So since the 1970s, the EU has agreed on hundreds of legal acts to protect the environment. But unfortunately, especially the implementation of legal acts concerning environmental protection sometimes works rather poorly. For this reason, the EU decided 10 years ago to involve research and expert groups into the implementation of the legal acts in practice. Among others, the EU Interreg Project Plastico serves this purpose. In order to learn more about the EU Circular Economy Package and the EU Strategy for Plastics, I have invited another expert. Magister Moza Mazzi is a lawyer in Vienna since 1995 and an expert for environmental law. Yesterday I had the pleasure of having a very informative talk with my guest about the legal acts and measures of the EU regarding the management of the plastic pollution crisis. Since we had this conversation in German, I will now summarize our talk and especially the knowledge of my guest for you. Elizabeth gave me a short overview about the European developments because a lot has happened in the last years. The 27 member states of the EU plus Great Britain, Switzerland and Norway produce 61.8 million tons of plastics per year, of which approximately 51 million go into the plastics converter industry and economy. 39.9% of these 51 million tons are taken into the packaging industry and the processing economy. 19.8% into building and construction, and 9.9% are used by the automotive sector. 27 million tons of the plastics produced are disposed of after their first use. This means that large quantities of plastic waste are generated and a strategy had to be considered at the EU level on how to deal with these immense plastic flows. It then came to a first European legal act in 2013, namely the European Green Deal. It turned out during investigations that a large part of the disposed plastic waste is landfilled and mainly used for incineration. So it was recognized that there were illegal landfills associated with plastic landfilling and sadly the biggest landfills were the waters, rivers and oceans. So it took until 2013 a very long time for the EU Commission to realize that there is a problem that the EU waste management law is not respected. If this legislation was complied with because the packaging directive and the waste framework directive already existed at the time, as well as the corresponding national implementation laws, then there would not be such high quotas for landfilling and incineration. The facts and figures were that the European level, 32% of plastic waste was collected and recycled, 42% was incinerated and 25% was landfilled, and an additional 1.7 million tons were exported. It was also not a good idea to have plastic waste exported to China, although China has recently imposed an import ban on such waste. After this first piece of legislation, the Green Deal, the Circular Economy Package came in 2018, which also included regulations for plastics and their use. Plastics need to be used more sustainably and efficiently. This includes, for example, product design. Building on the circular economy package, the single-use plastics directive was then issued in 2018. This directive provides explicit bans, such as the well-known ban on the sale of plastic bags. 
with July the 3rd of 2021, this single-use plastics directive and single-use products like disposable cutlery, blades and beverage cups made of expanded polystyrol. Starting in 2023, disposable beverage bottles must have bonds between the bottles and their caps as it has become apparent that these caps are repeatedly found littered in the marine environment, especially on beaches. The quotas for recycling, according to the packaging directive, will thus be increased. Here it is particularly important to regulate the plastics, because paper and glass recycling quotas are easier to achieve than those for plastics. By 2025, 50% of plastic packaging has to be recycled. By 2030, even 55%. It is important to create support programs at the European level. There should be a mandatory use of secondary recyclate as legally required. Because in 2020, due to the low prices for crude oil, the price for new plastics has decreased and was cheaper than the secondary recyclate. Therefore, the demand for this secondary recyclate has decreased rapidly. This point must therefore also be regulated by law and thus prevented so that the secondary recyclate also finds acceptance. Another point is disposable beverage bottles. Here too, there are precise regulations in the single-use plastics directive, in addition to the aforementioned obligation to connect the bottle to its cap. By the year 2025, separate collection quotas are to be increased from the current 70% to 77%. The program supporting the circular economy package, such as the extended producer responsibility, also allow the possibility of introducing deposit systems. In this context, the member states must consider how to achieve the defined targets. In Austria, for example, we can certainly reach the 77% quota by 2025. However, in 2029, we are supposed to reach 90% and Elizabeth said that she doubts that. She also said that we should therefore take legal measures as soon as possible to guide the economic players involved in this direction direction and think about adapting our collection system. Finally, Elizabeth referred to the recent report of the European Environment Agency based in Copenhagen on plastics in the circular economy. This report recommends that we should use plastics more wisely and in a more sustainable way and that we should also focus more on renewable raw materials. In conclusion, Elizabeth said that we should start doing these things as soon as possible. Thank you very much, Magister Mosamazzi, for having explained the most important EU regulations in such an understandable way. Indeed, it is worth to help professionals summarize more complex information in order to be able to understand it. Today, we had a slightly shorter episode. I think there was a lot of information included and I hope you can now better understand the legal acts of the EU. You can find the sources from today's episode as always in the show notes. The next episode of the podcast will be a bit more regional, but I don't want to spoil too much. Until the next episode, yours Greta. This has been the latest Plastico podcast episode. If you want to stay up to date, follow us on our Plastico social media channels like Facebook and Twitter. You can also find out more on the official project website. All these links can be found in the show notes. And at last but not least, please follow the podcast, rate it and write comments, for example, on iTunes, Spotify and so on. 
The podcast is hosted by the Office of the Regional Government of Styria, Directorate 14, Department Waste and Resources Management. Stay inspired and tune in again for the next exciting podcast episode.